We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Big thanks to Sean Sharif, co-host of the RJ and Sean Show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Getting us up to speed With the latest on the Dallas Cowboys ahead of Washington's big-time showdown in Jerry's World Sunday against those Cowboys. And, man, Michael Gallup possibly returning. That was the big nugget I took away from our conversation with Sean. Another interesting thing Sean told us, Dak Prescott and when he might be returning. Now, I know the comment was made by Dak, at least, over the weekend that just maybe – Just maybe he'll make his return from injury Sunday against Washington. We all found out, I believe it was yesterday, Dak had the stitches removed uh, from the surgery on his thumb, and that's going to take some time to heal. So right now for Dak, it's just really about how the stitches heal. I know the grip was another big thing people were speculating on uh, as to how good the grip strength needs to be in order for him to make a return to action. Breathe easy, though, Commanders fans. Based on what our man Sean Sharif said, it does not look like Dak Prescott is going to be making his return to the lineup against Washington this Sunday. But unfortunately, Washington will have to see him later on in the season. Carson Wentz to Philly fans just seems like the gift that keeps on giving. The NBA had their media day uh, over the weekend. Some teams did it as early as, as late as yesterday. Philadelphia 76ers center Joel Embiid talking to the local Philadelphia media. It had a little nugget and dig at Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz. There's a lot of cities out there that call themselves, you know, sports cities, but, you know, the one thing that I like about Philly is the passion. Uh, you know, I know everything about the team. doesn't matter if we just sign, you know, the 15 men. Uh, you know, yesterday, they're going to go to games. They're going to know about it. They're into it. They're going to show you that they love you. They're going to show you that they hate you. Uh, all I want, uh, but uh, it's I mean, did he could he couldn't he have answered that question without mentioning Carson Wentz? I mean, seriously, good gracious, Carson Wentz just seems to be the butt of every single joke. And based off of how he played Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, I can't blame people. I can't blame people. I will say this though: you all know I've been the leader of the Carson Wentz faction here between both of our stations, 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. I even nicknamed him Walk It To Him Once. I am pulling the Wentz wagon as long as it has wheels. Right now, I say one of the wheels are a little dented based off of how he played against the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday, but Carson Wentz still top five in the NFL in passing yards, still top five in the NFL in touchdown tosses. It's one bad performance. I know that performance stunk. It was awful. And, and imagine having to sit and do a radio show through it. We have to do Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live. That is our game day in-game coverage of Washington Commanders football every Sunday right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Doing the show this Sunday, though, man, it felt like a therapy session almost. You guys were 
super engaged on the phone lines, calling in and giving your opinion on what the hell was going on. And it sucks because right now I'm getting I'm getting a picture picture memory, a picture reminder of just how bad Sunday was. I'm looking over across the TV in the other studio, and right now Matt Hasselback, Tim Hasselback, excuse me, is talking about the Philadelphia Eagles previewing their game Sunday against Jacksonville, and all you see is a montage of Carson Wentz being sacked time in and time out. There's nine of them to go through, so so a de- damn sure isn't a problem with content or having enough of it. But as we sit here a couple days out from Washington's big-time showdown against the Dallas Cowboys, I mentioned it yesterday, and I didn't ask Sean this. Golly, that's me smacking myself in the face if you heard that. I didn't even ask Sean about it, Matt. That, Matt, that's on you. Why didn't you say Linnell? Ask him the big-time question that we're going to ask later in the show to EB of the Junkies. That's at 2 o'clock. Is, is Sunday a must-win? Is Sunday a must-win? And, and we went through yesterday's show and I love you guys for, for continuing to give the feedback and tapping in all show long the way you did. I want to revisit it here, starting at the top of the 2 o'clock hour when EB from the Junkies joins the program. Is Sunday a must-win game for Washington? And you can answer the question simply by, by, by participating in this exercise. Do you think the season's over if Washington loses Sunday? Because that's really where I'm at with it. When you take a look at Washington's schedule in the remaining games after Dallas, it doesn't get much easier. You're going to go on a five- or six-game stretch where you're having to take on some of the top quarterbacks in football. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota has been one of the top quarterbacks in football down in Atlanta. So it doesn't get much easier from a roster standpoint or from a talent standpoint of who you're going to be taking on I was listening to the Junkies this morning. They were talking about it. And basically, EB was of the mindset that, look, who cares if they lose to the Dallas Cowboys? That drops them to one and three. But you still got easy teams left on your schedule. And when he talked about easy teams, he's referring to the Tennessee Titans, the Chicago Bears, the Colts, the Texans, the Falcons. He even thinks we got a shot against the Giants. I'll say this. After watching the Monday Night Football performance, that was put on by the New York Giants, I don't give Washington much of a chance to go into New York and pick up a dub. The interesting caveat in the schedule, though, with Washington and when they have to take on the Giants, they take, they're the last game before their bye week and they're the first game after their bye week. So you got a chance there, Washington, if you're lucky, to either steal two or drop two quicker than you've ever dropped two in your life. So if you're Washington, though, man, this game has to be a must-win. It felt like last weekend was a must-win against Philadelphia. The sense of urgency was heightened, and it was very evident from the get-go based on how this team performed defensively. And I know this whole week we've spent bashing Scott Turner, Carson Wentz, this offensive line, and just the overall performance of Washington offensively. But, man, defensively, they shut out Philadelphia in the second half. And then in that first half, I mean – Points were hard to come by for Jalen Hurts and company. They went on that run in the second quarter after Washington offensively continued to shoot themselves in the foot, drive in and drive out, three and out, sacks, you name it, fumbles. But kudos to this Washington defense, man. Never did the moment seem like it was too big for that unit. And if you're going to give kudos and praise to the commander's defense, guess who leads them? The most hated coach here in town, MAGA Jack, as I nicknamed him, Jack Del Rio. 
He put together a hell of a game plan against Jalen Hurts and company, and they gave up 24, 24 points. It shouldn't even have been that many points. The Eagles got to maneuver off of a short field, and guys were in position. And listening to Doc and Scott on Monday, that was really you know, Doc's overlying takeaway, is there was improvement defensively despite what the numbers say. And I'm, a, and I'm a man who really only looks at points. That's the number one metric of how well the defense played, in my opinion, is how many points they gave up. They only gave up 24. All of that came in one quarter. And then you shut out the Philadelphia Eagles for the remainder of the second half. My big takeaway, though, was the fact that Washington's defenders seemed like they were always in much better position on Sunday against Philadelphia in comparison to the position that they were in against Detroit. And that makes me feel better. When guys are in the vicinity and just not making plays, first of all, I was going to say I can live with it. I can't. I'd be lying. I can't live with it. I can't live with it. But it's more acceptable. It's more acceptable if you're at least in the vicinity of the guy in comparison to what they were dealing with against Detroit where guys were just nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Like I mentioned, we're about to hit the quarter pole mark here in Washington season. Week number four this Sunday in Jerry's World against the Dallas Cowboys makes me raise the question, who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio in this defense or Scott Turner in this Washington Commander's offense? I'll tell you what I think next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Burgundy in gold today, the new midday show here on the Team 980. The combination of myself, the legend, Scott Jackson, and the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. We got to cover weekdays 12 to 3 right here on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Before we get into the question I posed out there to you all on the Team 980 listener lines, tap in with me, man. Call me. Tweet me. However you need to get in touch with me. Just answer my question. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? 301-230-0980. Twitter and Instagram, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Who's got more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? And before we get into that, we thought we had quarterback issues here in Washington. 
Carson Wentz has one bad performance. It feels like the sky is falling. Think about this, though. Would you rather be in Washington's quarterback situation with Carson Wentz paying him $28 million? You can get off the hook at the end of the year no matter how the hell he performs. Or would you rather be the New York Jets? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco looking like a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Jets. Now, I siced it. Obviously, he's not playing at a Pro Bowl level. But the numbers are gaudy and eye-popping. He's producing. He's producing. Now, I got some Jets fans that I'm in a Madden league with, and they are ticked off at the report that came out this morning from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. According to Ian Rappaport, Zach Wilson, who was injured in the preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles, is expected to start Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, barring any type of setbacks. Now, Zach Wilson, since he's taken over as starter of the Jets, has been abysmal, to say the least. It just hasn't gone that well for Zach Wilson. I don't feel he's lived up to the hype uh, of being a second overall pick. Straight up, the numbers aren't there. The production just simply isn't there. And even when you look at it, look at his rookie season. The injury issue, I think, is, is, is the more alarming thing with Zach Wilson. But look at, the, look, look at the numbers from his rookie year. Nine touchdowns, 11 picks, only completes 56% of his passes. Who the hell would want to deal with that? He's now going in to his second year in the league, already is injured, and is going to get his first start of the year against one of the best defenses in all of the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Luckily for him, he doesn't have to go up against T.J. Watt. I'll say that. I want to hear from you guys, though. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Offensive coordinator Scott Turner or defensive coordinator Jack Dorio? Now, when I asked this question when I'm getting ready and prepping for the show, I said, damn, well, no, it's that good of a question. I don't even know the answer to it. I will say this, though. Both of these guys and their units need to perform better for 60 minutes. For 60 minutes. That's it. That's all I ask is 60 minutes of good play from both of these guys, both of their units. Now, before the Philadelphia Eagles game, if I would have asked this question, the answer clearly would have been Jack Dario, right? Based off of how putrid Washington performed defensively against the Lions and just based on the offensive production and output that Scott Turner has gotten from this group outside of Detroit and Philadelphia. But both of those games did happen. Washington shut out 46 to nothing in back-to-back opening halves against Detroit and Philadelphia. We now sit at a point here as we get ready to take on Dallas, the team in the NFL that leads the NFL in sacks. It's going to be tough sledding for both units. Scott Turner's offense and Jack Del Rio's defense. Now, I will say this. Last weekend against Philadelphia defensively, Jack Del Rio's bunch really gave as much of an effort as they could, did as much as they could. When you shut a team out for an entire half, you did something right. You did something right. And what's most frustrating about the performance overall of the team on Sunday, no complimentary football. And Ron Rivera hit on it when he spoke to the local media on Monday after the game. He urged and pleaded with his team to start playing more complimentary football And look, I know I have been one of Ron Rivera's harshest critics. I think he's condescending at times when he goes up to the podium. I think he's partakes in a lot of coach speak, 
which frustrates a lot of people here in this town, but he is spot on with that. This team needs to play complimentary football in order to give themselves a chance on a week-in and week-out basis. And right now, the last two weekends, they haven't. When the defense is playing well, the offense can't get anything going. When the offense is playing well, defensively, they can't stop a nosebleed. So as we sit here getting ready to head in to take on the Dallas Cowboys, the question is simple. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? 301-230-0980 is how you reach me. Twitter and Instagram, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I got some numbers for you all to help prove your point one way or another. Offensively speaking, the Commanders, 10th in the NFL in three and out rate. They have had the 10th most three and outs in the National Football League through three weeks of play. Scott Turner's bunch. Three and outs are deadly. They're obviously sometimes worse than a turnover. They're almost as bad as a turnover, I would say. Whenever your defense doesn't have ample opportunity to rest throughout a game, it's going to show. It's going to show. And it showed Sunday against Philadelphia. Washington defensively, for the better part of a quarter and a half, really kept Philadelphia under wraps. They were not able to do much offensively. They even get a fourth down stop. Defensively, Washington did enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, but this number, which is surprising before I figured it out and before I found it out, I didn't I didn't think they were that bad offensively. When you're when you have the tenth most three and outs in the National Football League, you might as well be turning the football over at an alarming rate. Your defense is not going to be able to stand up down in and down out if they're constantly tired and on the football field. Complimentary football. It's been the buzzword from Ron Rivera this week, and I think at this point, he's right. This team does need to play complimentary football. Another glaring stat that jumped out to me when I was getting ready for this segment. Washington, third most in the NFL. How do I word this? Third in percentage of dropbacks that led to a sack. They are third in the National Football League in that category of dropbacks that led to a sack. Now, I gave you all the numbers earlier to start the show about the offensive line and how many pressures they've given up and how poor they played against Philadelphia. But, man, this is on everybody at this point. This is a Carson Wentz problem. This is a Scott Turner problem. This is an offensive line problem. They've got to figure out better ways to manufacture offense. They've got to figure out how they can be most efficient offensively. And this next nugget knocks my socks off completely. Let's go back to each of the first three games for Washington, and let's look at the timing of which Terry McLaurin got his first catch of the game through the first three games this year. In week one against Jacksonville, Terry McLaurin doesn't have his first catch until the first play of the second quarter. It's week one. We got new weapons. We're trying to evenly distribute the football. I get it. Fast forward to week two. It's not until one minute and 15 seconds into the third quarter before Terry McLaurin has his first reception. And then last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, eight minutes into the third quarter before Terry McLaurin gets his first catch. I don't know if you got to put it on a milk carton. I don't know if we need fans in the stands to come in with poster boards saying feed scary Terry. But golly, Scott Turner, you got to find the way to get your best offensive weapon the football. It's, not, it's inexcusable at this point. 
That is your singular job as an offensive coordinator is to put your guys in the best position to be successful. And based on the numbers I just read off, Scott Turner's not doing that on a consistent basis. Or, or to Scott's credit, maybe Terry McLaurin isn't the number one option for Washington offensively right now. And if that was the case, I couldn't be mad at it. Because I gave you the numbers earlier on Curtis Samuel. Seventh in all of football in catches through the first three weeks. He's 12th in the NFL in targets. Look, Scott Turner and company are moving <laughs> with, the, with the notion of, look, we didn't get enough out of you last year. We're going to get a hell out of it. We're going to get a lot out of you this year. They are using him early and often. And I think that's why we haven't seen Terry McLaurin get the football as much as we all would have liked. But there's still no excuse for it. If you're Scott Turner, it's your job as the OC to get your guys the football early and often. Get it to your playmakers. That is what you are tasked with doing as an offensive coordinator. To Scott's credit, though, yes, Washington's offensive line has struggled. The offensive line has struggled. Carson struggled. But I will say this, for Scott Turner, I say it all the time, it is difficult for me to give a true, honest assessment of an offensive coordinator's performance until they get the guy under center that they want. And right now, based off of everything we were told this offseason, Carson Wentz is exactly who the Washington Commanders want under center leading this offense. I say all that to say this. Scott Turner, the excuses, the excuses are up. The excuses are over with. The clock is ticking. You must produce results or else we got to get somebody else in there that's going to. Straight up. And I never want to call for guys' jobs. It's not what I'm here for. Right now, I'm here to be brutally honest and assess the performance of defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Because through three weeks, through three weeks, both of these units, led by JDR and Scott Turner, are both bottom five in the National Football League in DVOA. They're the only team in football that is bottom five in offensive and defensive DVOA. You know what that means? That means you are one of the worst five teams in the National Football League. Now, from a talent standpoint, we know sure as hell well that that is not the case. This is one of the best skill groups in football. This is one of the best defensive lines in football. They got talent. Prove it. Go out and make plays. And I was pleading last week, heading into Philadelphia, for my playmakers to make plays. William Jackson, Kendall Fuller. We did stock up, stock down earlier. It's not a good sign when your defense has his best performance of the year without one of your highest paid members playing. Talking about William Jackson. This defense played tremendous for parts of that game against Philly, and William Jackson wasn't even on the damn field. It's alarming. It's alarming. I mentioned this is the first time Scott Turner's actually had a quarterback. On the flip side of that, talking about Jack Del Rio, this is the third straight season in this defensive scheme. Communication issues should not be a problem right now. That is a BS excuse that Jack Del Rio and the company like to use to explain the shortcomings of this football team defensively. Communication issues should not exist when you're running the same scheme for three straight seasons. And the head-scratching part about it is the personnel hasn't changed all that much. The personnel hasn't changed all that much in three seasons. It really hasn't. You let go of Ronald Darby, you bring in William Jackson. Okay, cool. The whole thing is, though, 
at some point, it's on the teacher. It's on the coach to be a better teacher. Craig Hoffman says it all the time. Guys learn in different ways. Some guys are auditory learners, which like they learn better by listening. Some guys are visual learners. They learn better by seeing it. And some guys have to actually go out and do it before they can understand it. I want to continue to hear from you guys, though. Team 980 listener lines wide open. Tap in with me. 301-230-0980. Twitter and Instagram. You can tap in with me there as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Based on what you've seen in the first three weeks of football, as we get ready to take on the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday, which coordinator has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I'll take your calls and give you my answer next, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the 2 o'clock hour, 2 o'clock on the button, if Matthew Essie gets us the break-in time, EB, Eric Bickle of the Sports Junkies, weekdays 6 to 10 over on 106.7 The Fan, is slated to join us. We'll revisit our big topic from yesterday. Is Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys a must-win game for Washington? Right now, though, I want to go out to the phones. Team 980 listener lines wide open. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. We've reached the quarter pole mark here. Coming up Sunday against Dallas. Week four is upon us. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I gave you some numbers here, and I got some more for you here before we get to your calls. And, and, and it's eye-popping, really. It really is. Because both of these units, the last two weeks, in my opinion, have under underachieved completely. Straight up. Washington defensively is ranked 27th in the National Football League in yards per game and 28th in points per game allowed. It's the third year in this system. At what point can we expect results? Matthew Essig, a fine producer of this radio program, had a great nugget during the break. Matt, please share with us. Yeah. Please share it with us. Something that I've noticed in just listening to people calling in and the general thoughts regarding this team and this defense – Most people hold the Washington Commanders defense in extremely high regards, mainly because of the 2020-2021 season where we won the conference. I'd like to remind everyone that year we won the conference with a 7-9 record and we forced 335 points to 329. So that is a, what, six-point difference? So one touchdown, two field goals is the differential between what was considered a good season and what we are doing now. I mean, that's not good. We should not be trying to say the our limit, our best is seven and nine. If we're living for that glory, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Seriously, though, what are we doing? It's probably not realistic. That's a great point made by Matt. Just to really put things in perspective, Washington – Finished the 2020 season. That's Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio's first year at the helm. Their defense finished fourth in total defense in the National Football League. This was a top five unit. So top five unit. The talent didn't change that damn much. You now fast forward it to 2021. It's one of the worst units in football. 
You gave up the most passing touchdowns in all of the National Football League. 34. You're on pace right now. You're on pace right now. I mean, Matt's on the phone right now. We need a mathematician here for this. Washington's given up eight touchdowns through the air through three weeks of play. So they're on pace in three more weeks. They'll have 16. Three more weeks, they'll have 24. Three more weeks, they'll have 32. Washington's on pace to give up 40-plus passing touchdowns this year. Last year, last week, or yesterday, excuse me, I got up here and talked about how I felt this group regressed. The numbers don't lie when you're talking about regression from this Washington Commanders defense. In 2020, they were the fourth best unit in football. Last year, they finished 25th overall. And right now, they're one of the worst defenses in all of football. So you tell me why I should be optimistic about this group moving forward. You tell me why Jack Dorio is not under more pressure than Scott Turner heading in to Sunday against Dallas. It's so baffling when you get the numbers to really back up the poor performance that you're watching with your own damn two eyes. It is mind-boggling. In the past two weeks combined, Washington has run a combined 55 plays in the first half. 27 of those plays have gained zero or fewer yards. Shout out our, pro, our program director, Chris Kennard, dropping that nugget on me via the Twitter app in my DMs. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm going to read it to you again because sometimes when you hear some of these numbers, it don't even make sense all the way. Washington, in the past two weeks combined, in the first half against Detroit and against Philadelphia, has run a combined 55 plays. On 27 of those plays, they've gained zero or fewer yards. I'm not a math major out there. When I hear zero or fewer, that means zero or negative one, negative two, negative three, you name it. It's not good enough. It's not good enough what we're getting on the offensive side of the football from Washington. And what's more damning about the whole thing is that we're starting games this way. We're starting games this way. What type of tone do you want to set? What type of tone do you want to set offensively? Are you some pushover? Can the real commander's offense please stand up? Can the real commander's offense please stand up? Because I refuse to believe what I've seen the past two weekends against Detroit and against Philadelphia. That's not my Washington commander's offense. <clears throat> not the one led by Carson Wentz, $28 million quarterback. Not the one led by Terry McLaurin, one of the highest paid receivers in football. That's not this unit. I refuse to believe it. And hopefully Sunday in Dallas, they show me otherwise. Team 980 listening lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? We'll take your calls, and I'll tell you exactly what I think next, right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Top of the 2 o'clock hour, Eric Bickle, one of the four members of the Sports Junkies over on 106.7 The Fan, is set to hop on with us. We'll ask him our big picture question from yesterday. Is week four in Dallas a must-win game for the Washington Commanders? Right now, though, we're taking your calls 
Team 980 listener line is blown up right now. If you're trying to get in, keep calling. Somebody might drop off. We're taking your calls right now on who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I gave you some of the numbers. Defensively, Washington ranked 27th in the National Football League in yards per game allowed. Ranked 28th in the National Football League in points per game allowed. The 15 sacks allowed by this offense are tied for the most in the NFL and tied for the most in franchise history through three weeks. And our boy Tressway is getting a hell of a workout. Washington, 17 punts tied for most in the National Football League. We've got the third most three and outs, the 10th most three and outs, excuse me, in the National Football League. The numbers aren't pretty on either side of the football. What does your eye tell you? Who has more pressure heading on them into Dallas? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I want to continue to take your calls. 301-230-0980. Let's go to Nick, who's in North Carolina, listening on the Odyssey app. What's going on, Nick? Who has more pressure on them? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? Man, first and foremost, thank you for taking my call. Great topic. First time caller on this show. I'm a fan of – I've been a fan of Washington for a long time. I'm 48. But to answer your question – it's it's got to be Scott Turner. I mean, I, I think I think Jack Dario has um, a resume that speaks for itself. He just got to keep keep coaching up. But Scott Turner, unfortunately, he's not his dad. I'm sorry. I'm not being mean. <laughs> no, it's he's, real, he's man. Very. He's very vanilla on offense. And 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 to your point, you've said it. Just to pick it back off some of the things that you've already said, we have talent. Terry McLaurin. Don't tell me he can't produce because he's produced with before we got went he was he had a thousand yards if I ain't mistaken he was productive so don't tell me now yes it's the NFL for a reason they got tape on on Terry you don't think opposing defenses don't know where scary Terry is at so you got to move the man put him in the slot uh uh get creative with him because he can produce not only not only that not only that now this week is very important first and foremost it's a it's a uh conference game Second of all, number eleven, you better know where he's at at all times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would think I'm not I'm not a pro, but get 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 Winston some RPOs. I think he's capable of doing things like that. They did it so week one. Kind of free. Yeah, freeze up some of the linebackers, give him a chance to get Wentz confidence up because Wentz can play. We've seen it. We've seen it before he got hurt the Super Bowl year in Philly. Wentz can't play. He used to murder Washington all the time. I mean, really, but that's my that's my take, man. Thanks for taking my call. I'll listen to your comments off the air. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you, my man. Look, you hit it right on the head. Scott Turner does have an immense amount of pressure on him. It's a difficult question. That's why I pose it out to you guys on the Team 980 listener lines, 301-230-0980. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I gave you all some of the numbers on both sides of the football. They are not pretty. They aren't pretty. What's the ugliest number I've given so far? Oh, Washington. Fifth most passing yards allowed in the National Football League. Surprising? Not to me. The most passing touchdowns allowed in the National Football League. Already with eight. You've given up eight passing touchdowns in three weeks. You're on pace to give up 45-plus passing touchdowns in 2022. That's after you gave up 34 a year ago. The issue that I have with Washington is the regression. You cannot regress especially on the defensive side of the football. And let me tell you why. This is the third system, the the third year, excuse me, of Jack Del Rio running the exact same scheme defensively. At some point, 
if guys aren't getting it year in and year out, when does it fall on the coach? When does it fall on the coach? And maybe he's not a good enough teacher. At some point, man, the players need to be held accountable as well. I said it last week. Playmakers make plays. But, damn, but the playmakers got to be put in position to make plays. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Let's go to Tony, who's in Delaware, wants to tap in. Tony, who's under more pressure heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? Well, you've been making some compelling points, and the caller made a compelling point for me to switch to the offense, but I'm not, okay? <laughs> because we're supposed to have some horses, okay, on that D-line. That's what I've been told, you know. It's supposed to be some horses that's supposed to – devastate opposing offenses, okay? Yep. And it's not happening. I mean, by this time, I mean, these dudes should be playing like they're 38-year-old grown men, that kind of mentality, like you're fighting for your family, okay? And it's not happening. So that means there's a problem, there's a motivational deficit on that side of the ball, which evidently this guy is not able to – either he don't know how to get down to the DNA of these players and get them to play, I guess, above their ability. But they do have ability, so there's the problem. So what they need, they need the director of player intensity, okay, to be hired. And that's the bottom line. And who that is, it's Anthony Sewell. Get him on the squad, and this team will go to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Get him, find him. Bruce Allen, you know. Hey, I appreciate the call, my man. Your phone's tapping up on me. I appreciate the call. Look. It's quite simple, and when you put it in layman's terms, it doesn't get any simpler than this. Jack Dorio's in his third year running the same defensive scheme. They can't produce. Scott Turner hasn't had a quarterback. Scott Turner gets a mulligan for me for a couple of weeks because he hasn't had the quarterback. And I say this all the time. I can't go out and evaluate the performance of my offensive coordinator if I don't see that he's got the right guy under center at the quarterback position. I can't. It's very difficult for me to do that. I will say this, though. This commander's defense has regressed every year that Jack Del Rio has been at the helm of this thing. Every year, this team has regressed defensively. When is enough enough? When is the man that's in charge of the unit going to be held responsible? Let's go out to the 757, tap in with Paulie. Wants to tap in with us. Who has more pressure on them? Heading into Dallas week, Jack Dorio or Scott Turner? Hell to the W, man. Hell to the W. Hey, man, first of all, man, don't never back down from nobody from Dallas, man, representing the Cowboys, man. Take it to him, man. <laughs> you talking about Sean Sharif? Yeah, yeah, you're talking about, yeah, you ask him who scares you. He, 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 just, he just played you on that. Don't never back down from nobody from Dallas, man. You know what? They overconfidence was going to get them beat on Sunday, all right? Now, as far as who got the most pressure on them, man, both of these dudes got equal amount of pressure on them, but, you know, Scott Turner is bum. His offense is soft. And I don't want to hear nothing. You can't evaluate him because he has – yo, listen to me, man. The mark of a good offensive coordinator is doing the most with the least. And now he has the most, and he's still doing the least. All right? All this thing about the uh, uh, passing and – I'm glad I listened to, the, to, the, to this radio station because all day long I've been hearing people complain about the same thing I've been complaining about for three years with this dude, man. He don't run the ball. We, we need to have a physical mentality on offense and defense, and that starts with running the ball and then stopping and run. We do neither one. So both of these dudes 
Both of these dudes, man, have to equal the same amount of pressure on them. I mean, at least I can say this for Jack. We know there's a talent deficiency on that side. 100%. You know, outside, outside of three or four guys. But when you look on the other side of the ball, man, you got three bona fide wide receivers. You got a, a, a decent running back. I mean, you got solid tight ends. You know, the offensive line, they might not be able to pass block, but all these guys is fat. You know, they can move forward. They can open up some holes. I feel you. But, but it calls for Scott Turner to devise a game plan. How about set some plays up? You know what I mean? I mean, Gibson was running his butt off on Sunday, and we just went away from him. Jonathan Williams came in the game and carried six people for six yards and didn't touch the ball again. Yo, Scott Turner, you ever heard of play action? Hey, yo, this dude, man, he, yo, he's living off his father's name. Mm. He got a long way to go. Mm. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you know, if, did, did, he needs to have some type of exorcism because the only way we're going to win this year is if he swallow his passing game playbook and bring out some running plays, man. This Washington Redskins football, man. Home of the Hawks. You know what I mean? Home of Rigo, man. You know what I mean? Steven Davis, man. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Joe Washington, man. Clint Paul is calling. Tell him how it is, man. Ernest Biner. We run the ball, man. Run the ball. Then you hit him then you hit him up top. That's another thing. If you're gonna throw the ball, stop with all this horizontal stuff. We see the Eagles last uh, uh, last Sunday. We gotta have the protection to throw the ball vertically, Paulie. I appreciate the call, brother. Man, bring it like the man from the seven five seven brought it. If you call in and you don't got the energy of my brother from the seven five seven, don't even waste your time. Team nine eighty listener lines wide open three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. We're getting to the bottom of it right here today on Burgundy and Gold today. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week? Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I gave you some of the numbers here on both sides of the ball. And this is the one that's most telling to me, and it goes back to Ron Rivera's overarching point. Both units and both sides of the ball should have pressure on them because complementary football is what wins in 2022. Washington, the only team in the National Football League to be bottom five on both offensive and defensive DVOA. If that doesn't tell you that both sides of the football are underachieving, then I don't know what the hell you need to see. Maybe watch the game over three and four times like I do. Maybe that'll get you to, 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 to tap in and see what's really going on. Both guys are under an immense amount of pressure. Both guys have been running the same scheme for the past three years. I do give Scott Turner this one credit. He hasn't had the quarterback. He hasn't had the quarterback to go out and put together a top-five offense. Until we drafted Jahan Dotson and signed Curtis Samuel, he didn't have the skill guys to go out and produce a top-five to ten offense. But I gave you compelling numbers on both sides of the argument. Washington, 15 sacks allowed. It's most in the National Football League and tied for the most in franchise history through three weeks of play. The offensive line has struggled. Tied for 17th most in the NFL in punts. Tressway getting a damn workout every Sunday. And in the last two weeks combined, in the last two weeks combined, Washington in the first half has run 55 plays combined in the first half. 27 of those plays have gained zero or fewer yards. Based on what I've told you, tap in with me. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Who has more pressure on them heading into Dallas week, Jack Del Rio or Scott Turner? I'll give you my definitive answer, plus take your calls 
next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.